Hey, I'm Derek Watts, and this is Carte Blanche, the podcast. Here you will find in-depth stories on the issues that matter, while we also bring you exclusive interviews and analysis to help you better understand the stories behind the headlines. So turn up the volume and settle in. It's been an almost unprecedented period of limited power interruptions for South Africans. And in mid-July, we were once again brought crashing down to earth. Freezing temperatures and a loss of generation capacity forced ESCOM to announce the return of Stage 6 power cuts. And if experience is anything to go by, consumers should brace themselves for more of the same. It sparked renewed discussion around the possibility of a complete grid collapse. So, how likely is it that the country could one day face a prolonged and chaotic blackout? Aaron Bates goes in search of answers. South Africa is in the grip of the worst energy crisis in its history. Of course, as we went on from stage three and four to stage six, this was in a matter of hours and it's going to be a cold, dark night for many South Africans. Our aging, crumbling national grid is no longer fit for purpose with daily power cuts of up to 12 hours. As the icy grip of winter descends over the country, will the extra demand for power push an already buckling grid to the brink? We are staring down the barrel of stage eight blackouts, possibly. So as load shedding persists daily, fears of a complete national blackout continue to circulate. The issue was brought to... There's going to be darkness. We're almost at the point of grid collapse. But are we? It's a nightmare scenario too ghastly to contemplate. National blackout. It would take, we're told, days to even weeks to restart, and the results would be catastrophic. Here's how it might play out. A sudden, unexpected event destabilizes the grid. Within a matter of milliseconds, automatic fail-safes trigger, causing every power station to automatically shut down. With no electricity, traffic lights go down, causing road chaos. Emergency services in major cities scramble into action. After a few hours, reserve batteries begin to run dry. ATMs stop functioning, as do fuel pumps. Telecommunications is the next to fail. We can no longer make calls or use the internet. Within 24 hours, food begins to spoil as supermarkets run out of goods. Two days in, water purification plants fail and the taps run dry. After three days, there is a shift to a cash-based economy. Riots break out all around the country. But to understand how the grid could collapse, one first needs to know how it works. It begins with 30 coal-fired power stations and 86 renewables operated by ESCOM. These generate electricity, which then travels across the country on the pylons that form the vast transmission network. This is then fed into homes and businesses in the final part of the network called the distribution system. But what would cause it to fail? Professor Mark Swilling is an energy expert at Stellenbosch University. 
there's a certain frequency that has to be achieved on the grid for the electricity to be transmitted effectively. If there is a simultaneous tripping of two or three power stations, that could trigger a drop in the frequency level on the grid, which in turn could trigger responses in all the other healthy generators who are now getting a signal, hey, the grid is no longer adequate to continue to supply and they start switching off. And then you have this domino effect. It's ESCOM's duty to maintain the national grid. And if it were to collapse, the responsibility for restarting it again falls on the shoulders of its expert engineers. That team is led by Isabel Fuck, general manager for the system operator at ESCOM. We have the best people in the world doing this. You can just imagine, we are lurching every single day. No one else is doing that. In other words, ESCOM has become a world leader in managing the grid through load shedding. Grid collapse is an extremely rare event, but it does happen. Globally, there have been a number of blackouts over the past few years, the most serious in Venezuela in 2019. The people of Venezuela are suffering through the country's worst power outage in decades. A major blackout affecting nearly all of the country. Continuing crisis with a national blackout. Patients are in hospitals and are at risk. Schools and businesses are closed. And the Venezuelan people cut off from communication with family, friends and the outside world. With eerie echoes of South Africa's energy crisis, mismanagement and poor maintenance of their national grid caused it to fail, leaving 30 million people without power for a week. In February 2021, an intense winter storm in Texas took down its power grid, leaving over 4 million without heat or water for four days. 150 people lost their lives. Closer to home, our neighbors Botswana suffered a countrywide blackout in May. But thanks to help from ESCOM, were able to restart their grid in a few hours. Botswana and South Africa are in a, the Southern African power pool, which is an interconnected grid system. But South Africa is by far the biggest generator of electricity in that system. So we can supply a very small user of electricity like Botswana when they are in a crisis, but not the reverse. If our grid were to collapse, we're on our own. That's why it's crucial to keep it stable. One of ESCOM's main tools to do this is something all South Africans hate, load shedding. As a layperson, I think, we're getting higher and higher levels of load shedding, we must be closer and closer to grid collapse. Am I right? No, not, not really. So load shedding is actually a mechanism to prevent the collapse of the grid. So in a sense, the worse that load shedding is, the better it is for the grid. It's strange, but that's not how South Africans think. You are no closer to a national blackout when you're in stage one than you're on stage eight. So the highest stage of load shedding does not in any way, shape or form dictate that we are closer to a grid collapse. And I think we need to make that clear. There's no causal link no. between higher load shedding levels and probability of a blackout. No. It is an unexpected event that happens suddenly. It's not something that can be foreseen. So it could be a fire under the line. It could be a major weather event, which normally is the case, that then causes a 
line or the transmission system fault, which cascades. As the saying goes, fail to plan, plan to fail. And some organizations are making contingencies. The South African Reserve Bank warns of the threat of a great failure due... The Reserve Bank has been working on a plan to ensure that the financial sector continues to function during a blackout. We reached out for an interview, but our request was turned down. The National Disaster Management Centre also chose not to comment. The only organisation willing to go on record was the Western Cape Provincial Government. Colin Diener is the head of disaster management in the province. We already started around 2014. The ESCOM risk people indicated to us that uh, it's prudent for us to plan for a national blackout. Our primary objective from a disaster management perspective is obviously to protect the, the province in the event of an incident like this. We do plan for it as we would plan for you know, a nuclear incident as we would plan for everything else. Let's say that day comes, that dread day comes and we're hit with a national blackout. How would that play out? Um, we have structures in place. Our provincial government will come to the disaster centre, the provincial cabinet, with all the senior people and they will then be briefed by ourselves, by ESCOM. Probably our biggest challenge is that there would be possibly be no warning. The other thing is that it impacts the entire community the immensity of planning for this and having to meet with so many sectors and for them to understand what it would be is really where the challenge lies. With the country shrouded in perpetual darkness, the race would be on to restore power, a process that could take days, if not weeks. Our own planning tells us it's about um, between six days and 14 days to restore the national grid. So it will definitely be a staggered approach and you have to do it in a very stable and controlled manner. You don't want to have a secondary collapse. We've got to remember that we're going to have to recover from this. Uh, so it won't be two weeks and everything will be fine. Everything that took a hit and that got damaged over that period is going to have to be stabilised. So it's not just a question of, you know, the lights are going to come on and everything will be fine again. With so much anxiety about the state of the national grid, it's natural to fear its collapse. But ironically, higher levels of load shedding should actually reassure us that the grid remains safe. Yet social media is still abuzz with fears of a blackout. I'm hearing you give us a lot of reassurance, which is very much in contrast with the kind of messaging happening in WhatsApp groups and on online forums, social media. Yes, I am very much aware. I think I'm the first one to get all of them. Everyone sends them to me, as you, can, as you can imagine. I think it's very irresponsible to prompt panic amongst our citizens without any facts that is behind that or that actually fuels it. It hasn't happened in a hundred years. So for us to, to now go into a frenzy and think it's going to happen now just simply doesn't make any sense. We must reiterate that the risk of a national blackout remains extremely low. Cold comfort, but provided the president is right, comfort nonetheless. Despite ESCOM officials and energy experts repeatedly saying that a complete grid collapse is far off, it's difficult for South Africans to push aside their concerns. After all, the country's been clinging on for dear life as load shedding hit industries, households and the economy almost every single day so far. Thanks for listening. 
In case you missed any of our earlier episodes, you can find them all now on Spotify and all other major platforms. Also, head on over to the Carte Blanche website for more insightful content.